Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome. I'm Mike J. He's Mike S. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. How the hell's it going, Mike? Uh, you know, it's going pretty good over here. Because me, I just had some Mott's applesauce. Yeah, buddy. Mott's applesauce. Just like Grandma used to give you on a Saturday afternoon when you'd be visiting during the summer. Mott's applesauce. Put that gooey shit in your fucking stomach. Uh, what's up, man? Ah, you know, just another wonderful, wonderful day on my way to work in this drizzling shit weather. Uh, you know, it's winter, or coming up on winter in Ohio, so it's fun for nobody. Is it snowing like raining there? (sighs) No, it's just rain right now, um course i'm heading in the pa and i think it's supposed to be snowy and rainy where i'm going so we'll see yeah well man you work in the pittsburgh area and it is a shithole well it's a shithole year round so (laughs) yeah it's pittsburgh it's fucking like the worst place ever beautiful city beautiful city for such a fucking god-awful place yeah yeah I'll, i'll give it that like I'm, I'm all about spending all five minutes there. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of spending time in places you don't want to be, how about that transition, Mike? Yeah, that was pretty good. We have had a crazy week in pro wrestling, uh, which started off with... Well, started off with co-host problems here, right, Mike? AJ had to fill in. You had some uh, technical issues on your end, which, hey, oh man, from time let me to just time. tell the story because it's like too good. Also, before I tell yeah. the story, let me finish chewing on my Kit Kat. <laughs> okay, so, um, so I get out of work uh, Wednesday night. Well, Thursday night. Walk out to my car. I start it. Everything's fine. I get like two, three minutes down the road onto this little like back road that I take to cut through, to cut across. And my lights go completely out. I'm like, what the shit? Brights. Uh, everything. It's all fucking, I mean, my fog lights are working. Uh, that's it. So I go to this, I back into this little pull-off area I know on this road. Check the fuses. Fuses are fine. I mean, what the fuck else can you check when you're not, like, right. at home? Nothing. Yeah. And I'll be honest, man, I pretty quickly just resigned myself to my situation. Like, there was you no... Did. There was no, like, internal debate. Like, there was no, maybe I could drive with just these lights. There was no nothing. It was just like, well, guess I'm here for the night. And I ate the rest of my lunch, and I uh, went to sleep. Yeah, you you didn't you didn't debate or anything. You're just like, dude, I'm out. Uh, headlights aren't working. Call me tomorrow. <laughs> um, it was weird. 
Sleeping in my car. Well, like, this road, it's like, it's basically in the middle of, like, Columbus, but it's, mm-hmm. but it's like, a fucking weirdo, like, wooded back road, like, in the middle of Columbus. Oh, yeah. It's in the middle of an urban like... area. And I'm just like, fuck, man. And I know cops go up and down all the time, so I'm, like, half expecting to get woke up by a cop who's like, what are you doing? I will say it was nice because it was cold that night, so I set my Dr. Mm. Pepper outside, and I just open up my door, grab my Dr. Pepper whenever I want to drink. So, uh, <laughs> but I would wake up, like, every hour and just be like, man, what time does the sun come up? And I'll be honest, at, like, 7 o'clock, I was like, it's fucking 7 o'clock in the morning fuck is it the sun up yet <laughs> and then finally at 7:45, it was even questionable like visual uh, visually speaking then but i was like nah man i ain't got no time to play around i'm, I'm done so that's uh what happened and why i wasn't on the back half of the show uh, AJ and I handled it, I believe. Uh, little, little, little change up for everyone, but you know, it's always nice to get a, a, a different opinion on our show, I guess, to kind of maybe steer both of us in a different direction. But again, you were again stranded somewhere you didn't want to be longer than you wanted to be, and I'm sure you weren't too happy about that, Mike. I was probably um, eating another Kit Kat. I was probably more happy about it than other people were. <laughs> so, the week started, or this odd week, uh, which started on Thursday for us, I guess, which got weirder as time went on, as I was recording with AJ. Uh, you know, post-Crown Jewel, we, we got a new Universal Champion, which was amazing. And then we hear that the stars, or... Most of the stars are quote unquote trapped in Saudi Arabia, which, you know, that headline is, you know, pretty eye catching. Boy, that's a fucking scary headline, isn't it? Like, yeah. Like, when you read, like, that they were trapped in Saudi Arabia, were you not like, oh shit, this is not cool? Oh. <clears throat> Immediately, I'm like, what the literal fuck to swear early on this podcast? Um, you know, about. Let's see, about, I don't know, a few hours into the situation, I messaged uh, one of my guys, one of my guys who has a little bit of inside knowledge. That's right, we got a guy. What up? Has a few, yeah, has a few contacts. I said, dude, (laughs) what, what, what have you heard? And he just wrote me and he said, I've literally heard it's nothing but a mechanical issue and just unfortunate timing. I was like, okay. And, you know, this guy's, you know, pretty reliable. His sources or source seems pretty reliable for the most part. Uh, Except for that one time. Plans. Well, uh, and, and he <laughs> even told me then, he told me then, take all this with a grain of salt. Uh, but, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I, that that's good to know. That's That makes me feel better. And then these stories come out. You know, I definitely was following some of the superstars and what they were tweeting. Uh, here's the bottom line, man. I, I, I want to get your opinion on this, and then I'm going to throw out, like, 
I think the way everyone should just look at it. But you know, I, what do you think, man? You think this was made into a bigger deal uh, than it was, or do you think that this was is being covered up by the scandalous Vince McMahon in WWE? I think that this was made into a bigger deal than it was because we all want it to be a bigger deal than it. Yep, precisely. You know, here's the thing. Natalia's been on a couple uh, interviews. AJ was on Mixer Gaming, and people asked him, and he kind of explained the situation pretty thoroughly, even to the point where he said his wife was calling him, freaking out because of what she saw on Twitter, and he was like, babe, it's fine. We're all fine. There were no guns. No one got escorted off the plane. Uh, It was literally a mechanical issue. They were put up in a hotel where they got to eat, drink, and do whatever they wanted to in the hotel. They just they couldn't go home. Literally, like, whatever they wanted to. I heard they got to beat up homeless people if they wanted. I heard that. I mean, it's... it's you know it's who I heard likes so beating up homeless shit. people more than anyone? And this probably won't Who's surprise that? anybody. Charlotte Flair. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, right? Like, She's, honestly, if you yeah. really think about it, you're like, <laughs> honestly, there probably is no one else on the roster that likes beating up homeless people more than charlotte flair so like that's i actually true heard fact like that you've heard here we break the story first charlotte flair enjoys beating up homeless people and i mean like they just I bring heard, in homeless people chained up and beat the fuck out of them it's what they do in saudi I arabia heard, with homeless. i heard that they flew her on the new charter over there just so she could take advantage of being able to beat up homeless people dude she that's goes there to beat up homeless people like fucking incels go to uh, Bangkok to fuck like children. Wow! Fuck that All was, right. that so, was too far, wasn't it? It was it was a bit much. That was, was too much, much, wasn't it? I wish I, I mean, could it's take staying it. in there. I wish I could take that but one it, back. It was a bit but, much. Like I wish I could take that one back, but um, I but at the same time, like solid offensive joke, and I stand by it. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'm in agreement, man. You know, Corey Graves on After the Bell, actually, and here's the thing. I heard, well, Natty's a company guy. Uh, AJ's a company guy. Of course they're going to say that. They're getting told to say that. They're going to follow. Come on, guys. Like, Corey Graves went on After the Bell, explained the situation pretty much the way that AJ explained it, and he said it like this, you know? Was everybody, like, happy to not go home? No. Everybody was pissed. And then he even said, you know who wasn't pissed? The one person who typically is. He said, Randy Orton completely understood the situation, even though he's usually a loudmouth about shit like this. It's kind of what he said, not word for word, I'm paraphrasing. But he said, he understood, and he just kept his mouth shut. And and he also said, I don't know if you noticed the little hashtag that was going around, hashtag top 20. Because of the statement, which I don't know why WWE put it out that way. I'm kind of guessing it was a misinterpretation by their media department. But the statement saying that certain superstars gathered their money to charter a plane. As, as Corey Graves said, no. The guys and girls who were needed, which it was none of the girls because it was the raw girls. The guys who were needed for SmackDown. The ones who were advertised, including, you know, Corey and Michael Cole because they're the announced team. And Roman and Baron and New Day and Revival. They were put on another plane that got there a little bit later to get them back for SmackDown. Now, it didn't come through that way. 
But that was the reason they were put on that charter, because they had a show to go to. Uh, which everyone on that roster should have understood and apparently made a big deal about it. And Corey Graves basically called them all bitches on his podcast. So either Corey just doesn't give a fuck about how the locker room perceives him, so much so that he'll say whatever Vince McMahon tells him to, as everyone wants to say, or there's a lot of truth in what he's saying, and he knows if he calls them bitches you know, on a, a public platform that they're going to have to either accept it or move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything to add to that. <laughs> so, uh, this did lead to maybe the best SmackDown in 10 years, Mike. Oh, holy shit. Easily. This was the best SmackDown since, like, uh, you know, that time, like, the last time SmackDown mattered. This is the best SmackDown since Chris Benoit and Edge were on the show. Here's, here's the thing, Mike, I have a, I have a spotty history with SmackDown, like, in recent years, obviously, I watch it all the time, but. There was a point where, you know, back when SmackDown first started, uh, what, two, three years into the run, it got put on UPN or some shit like that? Yeah. Uh, there was a point in time where I didn't even get the channel that it was on, so... Uh, what was that you know, like? like a, was that awful? It, yeah, well, like I said, it, it gives me a spotty history of SmackDown, because there's literal times where I couldn't watch it. No matter how much I wanted to. I there's feel like the, that would have been awful, because that was the best time for SmackDown. Uh, yeah, and, you know, again, there, there's the dark times where I didn't watch any wrestling there for a few years. And, you know, now there's current times where I do everything I can to not miss a Raw or a SmackDown. To at least be able to catch up on what I did miss. So, I, I still have to stand by with what I've seen. This is one of the best SmackDowns in a very, very long time. Uh, it felt, it didn't feel forced, it didn't feel rushed, uh, even, you know, right off the bat getting an Adam Cole-Daniel Bryan match and his people were talking, well, this is hot shot and this is silly. No, man, that was an amazing 26-minute match, or at least 26 minutes of TV time match on SmackDown with, you know, arguably two of the best people in the business right now doing it. That match was stupid good. Yeah. That was so good. Here's what's crazy is, okay. So, you know this, um, because I said this to you and AJ while I was watching SmackDown. So, like, I got the new Call of Duty, right? So, I assumed Uh that I was going to come home from work Friday. I always come home from work and turn on SmackDown. I usually watch it on mute while playing a video game or... No, I should take that back. Normally, I watch SmackDown, but, like, I'll play, like, NBA 2K, and I'll turn the volume off on NBA 2K, and I'll watch SmackDown. Right. But, like, I'm playing the game, you know? SmackDown's just kind of like a soundtrack, and I just kind of watch it. So this week, I was like, oh, man, I got the new Call of Duty. SmackDown gonna be on fucking mute. Because I'll be honest, uh, sometimes I watch Raw on mute also. Um... It's just sometimes, and then I'll turn it on when it's something like I give a fuck about comes on. You know what I mean? Right. It really helps right. me not hate the product. So, uh, 
I, this week I was like, go to play some Call of Duty, SmackDown's gonna be on mute, it's the new Call of Duty, I'm fucking addicted. Uh, turns out, I ended up, um, just playing some basketball, on mute, and, uh, really not really playing basketball, even more just pausing it, and really just watched SmackDown. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, I mean, hey, that's pretty good when that happens, uh. Like, honestly, Not a lot of times, like, like, I'm watching Raw, and I'm playing a game of ball, and, like, I'll pause the basketball game when something cool comes on Raw, right? And maybe I'll, like, and then, like, I'll go back to what I'm doing. I, mostly, it's, like, 80% playing basketball, 20% wrestling, and it was, like, uh, like, 90% watching SmackDown, 10% basketball. Yeah, it was, like I said... A great show. Uh, I don't know what it says that we had to have the uh, roster like tied up in a foreign country to get to get that out of them. Um, and and it, it's more irritating that you know they're possible of it and it doesn't happen all the time. If that makes sense, because to be fair, like of course the idea of injecting NXT onto these shows is going to get any NXT mark, you know, excited. But, you know, they could do stuff like this with their regular roster if they really, really tried, and that's kind of the frustrating part, and, and kind of, kind of, I think, paints the picture of why people do sometimes get so mad with this company, but that being said... Can uh, they do amazing... this with their regular roster, though? Yeah, they could. Like, the, like, half the reason, okay, so, like, they could have... The same quality match as the Brian Cole match with yes. the regular roster, yes. right? But yes. could they have the same kind of excitement? Like, there's no female on that roster that's on, like, we'll say, like, we'll go SmackDown, right? We'll go, in particular, SmackDown, right? Because that's what we're talking about, right? There's no female on that roster that's going to get me to pop the way Shayna Baszler is. And it's not just yeah. because... Oh my god, it's she's NXT. It's because it's Shayna fucking Baszler. There's no talent on that roster that I, I probably like as much as Adam Cole. Like I said Friday, I was like, Adam Cole probably is my current favorite wrestler in the world. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, man. Can they do that with the roster? Because a lot of the reactions that we had to this and Raw both seem to be based on the people that showed up. You are right, but... Can they make I us love those people? Can they make us like yes, or love the current roster as at. much as those people? Yeah, yeah, they can do that. That's what I'm getting at. And, and that's the thing, like, because you see what it is with NXT, so you know that it's possible. Uh, you know, Does that mean that it just needs to all be in Triple H's hand? I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to disagree with it. Uh, I also think that could be overwhelming, and again, everything could suffer. So, you know, we will see, time will tell when that day eventually does come. But, I mean, it's just one of those things, man, where you think, God, like this company, when they do, when their back's against the wall and they have to do good things, the good things are great. And we've said that, we say that here all the time. And, and it can be frustrating. Now, I will say this, and I will give a huge, uh, another huge plus to WWE and the company that is WWE. 
it sure speaks volumes of this company that they can have literally almost like I'd say 95% of their SmackDown roster and, you know, 70% of their entire like Raw SmackDown roster in a foreign country and still have enough people to call up the quote unquote backups. And I mean that in the least derogatory form as possible and have a fucking killer show, Mike. Like, could you imagine if 80% of AEW's roster was stuck and couldn't make it to a show, what we'd get? Oh. Oh, wow. You'd get total and, shit. And, you'd yeah, get a bunch of those guys from that out. Chinese Federation. Yeah, I, and this is, any, <laughs> this is any other company. Impact, Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan. You know, I mean, you wouldn't have what you had, what we had on Friday night. You you wouldn't have the uh, continuation of it on Monday, which you can now give them props. We didn't make this a one-off. It, it continued on Monday, uh, continued on Wednesday. So uh, good for them on turning chicken salad, uh, chicken shit into chicken salad. Oh, it continued. Uh, it continued tonight. Oh yeah, buddy. Oh, oh yeah. man, I can't wait for you uh, to tell me about it tomorrow. <laughs> Behind the curtain. Uh, so you mentioned Shayna, man. So let's jump to Monday. That and chick this, gives me this, the uh, weirdest boner. <laughs> Mike, let me tell you. I enjoyed Raw, too. SmackDown was great. Raw was not nearly that level, but still, again, with this whole invasion thing, I really like what they're doing. Uh, we'll get into the Seth part of it here in a second, but the best part of Monday Night Raw was the sit-down segment with Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch. How flippin' great was that? That was really good. Shayna Baszler really showed, like, I think everybody says that, like, what, the knock against her is that her verbal game isn't the best. But, like... What the shit are you talking and her, about? And, and if you want to be nitpicky, a lot of people think that her in-ring work isn't that glitzy. Well, it's not. It's not supposed to be. Yeah, no, she's what you call a monster heel. Yeah, exactly. And she's uh, outstanding at it, by the way. I, I'll tell you this, man. By the end of that promo segment, I was just thinking, so this is our WrestleMania match, right, guys? One-on-one with these two, huh? Come on, give it to me. That's what I want. I was doing the Batista, give me what I want, what I really, really want. Give you what you want, what you really, really want? Yeah, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. What I want is a Raw Women's title match between Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. Because I don't see what else right now is in the cars. Yeah, I thought Ronda would be back by now. It doesn't look like she is. Roman's headlining Mania for the Raw Women's. No, I don't give a fuck. Roman's headlining Mania this year. I mean, that's totally possible. Roman's taking it back. I don't need it. I don't need it to be the main event, Mike. I just want that match to happen at WrestleMania. Okay. Yeah, I would love to see that match at WrestleMania. I would love to see that match headline WrestleMania. Fuck it. I mean, really, what else do you have? They haven't really like. Usually, by this time, we got a pretty good idea what, like, the Mania main event's gonna be. There's, like, not, like, yeah. pretty good idea, but, like, you know, like, 
you can see a clearer picture, yeah, but we sure don't have that Yeah, there's now. not a clear picture. There's, like, no picture at all this year. No, which I actually am pretty excited about, because, you know, when it, when you can't just call it, it's a lot better, in my opinion. But, yeah, so we get this triple threat at Survivor Series. Bailey, uh, Becky, Shayna. I think... I think Bailey needs to do something to not be forgotten in this mix. Uh, I'd actually be pretty cool with it if somehow either on NXT or Raw, Becky and Shayna are going at it and Bailey comes out of nowhere and lays them both out. That would be pretty badass. Uh, just to kind of say, hey, you're going to, you better keep more than just an eye on me during this match. Cause that's what they both said, which is fine, especially if they let her get a little shine before this match. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped for that. I'm pumped for the triple threat tag match. The Viking Raiders versus Revival versus Undisputed Era. Come on, man. Um, if that doesn't give you NXT tag team boners, I don't know what does. That's going to be an incredible... Those are the three best tag teams, arguably, in the company. Not counting the Usos. Yeah, I mean, like, the New Day are good, but they're not, I just don't think that they're, like, as good as these guys at the end of the day. They're, they're, they're good, and they're really good when they're with certain teams, but, uh, the other, these three and the fourth that you mentioned, the Usos, are pretty much good with anybody. Yeah, I so, think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, I think this is gonna be Outstanding. A great card. I think it's going to be outstanding. <laughs> a, a great card. Well, they are NXT building a tremendous Survivor everything. Series. Mike, when was the last time you were like, oh my god, I can't wait for Survivor Series? Mm, like three years ago when I was going down to watch it with AJ. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see AJ. <laughs> okay, when were you like that for just the card itself? Um, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so anyway, okay, no, go ahead, man. (laughs) So we also got a new direction maybe with Seth Rollins, uh, though I'm not able to, you know, clearly define that. How did you feel about his promo, uh, to start off raw and the the interaction with Triple H, Mike? Man, I'm going to be real with you. I love Seth Rollins, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But... He's starting to get to be maybe just, uh, you know, it's the same kind of like whiny promo every week, man. Well, here's the thing. I actually always like complaining about something. Yeah, but I enjoyed this because this time, Mike. You can you can agree or disagree with me. That's fine. It felt like there was more realism to it because he brought, you know, some of the stuff that's been going on in real life into it. Brought the the cloud that's kind of over him right now into it, and then Triple H was able to bring it back to to the kayfabe wrestling. Like, hey man, like you're in this weird time. You don't know what's next, and. I always cross your path, and then you leave with championships. Like, so, hey, man, like, 
you know, buck up, Buttercup, Triple H, Daddy's home, you know, Steel Chompa's thing. But, and I like the way that that was presented. I like the way that Triple H basically was like, all right, you're with, you're with me and NXT or you're against us and you want, you want something to do, we'll give you an NXT title shot. And I didn't think Seth was going to win the NXT title, but at the same time, like, it was in the back of my mind, like, holy shit, maybe, like, maybe that's a possibility. Um, and I still think there's some oh, possibilities snap. with Seth out there. The last Survivor Series I was excited for was 2002 <laughs> when Shawn Michaels won the title, his last ever title win. Well, there you go. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Continue with what you're saying about Seth Rollins. I just think that it was, uh, I thought the promo and the segment was good. Um, man, that crowd on Monday night was her- horrendous horrendous oh you didn't like Um, that you didn't like them you didn't care for what they had to say the crowd that didn't say anything at all the entire show yeah no i didn't like them fucking debbie downers is what they were uh you know and i've heard you know i i I, you you see the smart ass people online saying like well if you give them something to cheer for they cheer for it no come on man Seth Rollins, Adam Cole, that was not a bad match. Like, it was a good match. The things they were doing on Monday Night Raw, for the most part, were largely positive, and that crowd sucked the life out of everything. Uh, I actually heard Bully Ray say that Nassau Coliseum, for whatever reason, on Long Island, is one of his least favorite crowds because they just don't interact. Nobody knows why. So maybe they should just stop going there. Maybe. Maybe you people (laughs) should get the fucking potato chips out of your asshole what something something as i said that i was like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) i I like that they're at least throwing some question into seth's future future i i like that i like that stuff isn't like as clear-cut as you would think and I'm really digging the interaction with NXT right now. I know that people sometimes say, "Oh, they're killing their, they're killing their heat with the War Games matches because they got like you know, they got Tommaso Ciampa coming out to help the Undisputed Era." Well, yeah, it's more believe. I think it's way more believable, in my opinion, Mike, to see the NXT guys and girls band together to support Triple H in something like this than the Raw and SmackDown guys and girls. Like, because you do see that they have a pride in being in NXT and a part yeah, of NXT, so... Yeah, it's like, there's rivals, but it's, uh... NXT seems kind of like a team almost, you know? Like, it always has. Yeah, like, it's they're way, on a team down there way, working together, trying to get better to become, like, the next generation of stars. Right, it's way more believable... This crew would be like, all right, I don't like you, but if Triple H is saying we need to work together, you know, this night and this night only, like, I can deal with that. And I think it, I don't have a problem with any of it, especially when you got guys like Tommaso Ciampa doing what he did Friday night on SmackDown, where they come out, he's on the complete opposite side of the ring of, as Adam Cole, Triple H is given his war speech. And Tommaso Ciampa is literally staring at the NXT title and nothing else. Like, amazing character work by the him. The dude's awesome. And, yeah, just smart. I don't know uh, if he was told to do that. He, I don't no, know if he did it on his I own. Pretty, wait, I take back what I said about Adam Cole. Tommaso Ciampa is still my favorite wrestler. 
That's okay. I think I like that them both totally equally. Good. That's fair and an understandable statement. How did um, you end up with NXT and I ended up with AEW? Because I wasn't going to watch AEW first. <sighs> Man. <laughs> Why, you want to switch that? No. No, because I like okay. what we got. Because I have a... Um, no. No, for the sake of the show, it's better that I watch AEW. <laughs> Good, because I wasn't going to do it anyway. <laughs> you don't now. You just talk shit about it without watching it. No, I watch it. I'd watch it. I wouldn't talk shit without watching it. <laughs> I know. I I'm giving that. you a hard time. Uh, so, hey, man, uh, by the way, uh, oh, finish finish what you were saying. I, I, you know, I, I really all I got for this week... Um, uh, we can I, take a break and come before back and we do take our a break. Wednesday Night War segment. So Before yeah, that, uh, so I was thinking earlier today, uh, in response to last week, how to fix Seth Rollins, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I came up with it. Okay. So what they need to do with Seth Rollins is he needs to uh, just go away for a while. And I would say maybe yeah. just like... He needs to have some kind of thing like, you know, I'm just not appreciated here anymore on Raw, mm-hmm. and I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So then, what he needs to do is he needs to come back one day with like a, I don't want to say he's wearing, like, like uh, I would, he needs like a different look, you know, maybe, um, maybe like a long like jacket or something, right? And he needs to come back on Raw. And, you know, like, they're, it's like a big deal. Like, Seth Rollins returns. It's been, like, two months, a month or two. And he comes back, and he's like, uh, you know, only one thing is for certain about the Beast Slayer, and that's that nothing is certain. And so then Seth Rollins starts painting his face like the crow and hanging out in the rafters <laughs> at Raw and SmackDown. And he, like, come okay. down, and, like, so at this point, the Undisputed Era are now, like, running roughshod over everything, right? <laughs> okay. So, like, he starts maybe, like, coming down from the rafters to help out, like, take out some of the, uh, you know, and he's the only guy. And so they set it up for a match at Mania. Adam Cole, at this point, motherfucker's WWE champion, versus Seth Rollins, you know, for the title. And, um... Uh, you know, there's uh, a, a quick count at the end. It's kind of the ref's fault. Uh, also, maybe we find out it's Adam Cole's fault. Uh, it turns out maybe Seth Rollins didn't have enough of a tan. Um, and they just weren't sure they wanted to go all the way with it. But anyway, that's what so, I would do if I was. So Sting and NWO? Huh? No, man. This is completely different. <laughs> completely different yeah guys uh actually before we throw before we throw the break let me ask you this we're going to be talking nxt we're going to be talking aew so on the aew side mike is it i don't want to say a bad sign that's not what i mean but does it look kind of questionable i guess is the word i'll use to see that Randy Orton, a guy that was supposedly touted as being in talks with AEW and almost a foregone conclusion that he was going to do something different with his career and go to AEW and who's trolled online about going to AEW, 
Uh, is it questionable that he just signed a five-year extension with WWE and AEW had no shot of getting him? No. If you actually thought he was going to AEW, you're a fucking retard. Well, I agree with what you just said. However, the only reason I say that is because there's been a lot of people that, you know, floated out in the wind how awful WWE is and how all these people are leaving. And a lot of people that were supposedly going to be in a bidding war that AEW was going to win because they're the cool place to be, including Randy Orton, including Cain Velasquez. Uh, I know there's other, the Good Brothers, you know, and here we are, and they're all signed with WWE. I don't know. Like, I think, and I'm not saying that AEW puts the stuff out there, but I think the people who puts the stuff out there that aren't the stars themselves probably should stop doing that because when companies are not signing people that they're being touted as being able to sign, you know, maybe it doesn't do a ton of damage, but it doesn't add a ton of credibility either. So, you know, maybe these, you know, guys like Meltzer should create, maybe stop pretending like they know what they're doing and just keep their mouth shut. Well, at a certain point, it looks like you can't land anybody. Right. So, yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Just shut, yeah. just shut up yeah. about it, Meltzer. Yeah, shut your fucking mouth, Dave. Oh, he can shut his mouth about a lot of things. Oh, Guys, man. we're going to take really. a... Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to you know, hopefully return like normal with uh, Wednesday Night Wars. Hang tight. We will be right back. Mike, we are deep in to the Wednesday Night War. We have the closest race we've had in the ratings numbers. Uh, AEW, no World Series for these two companies to go against. Uh, not necessarily marquee NBA basketball games for them to go against. Uh, AEW pulled uh, 822,000, while NXT pulled 813,000. Pulling in super close. So I would say that the invasion angle on SmackDown and Raw probably paid off a, a good, good bit. Yeah, I'd say it helped out quite a, quite a bit. Which, on one hand, you think, man, they maybe should have done something like this sooner. But on the other hand, you think, well, thank God they didn't because, you know, doing it now actually makes sense. If you're doing this whole Survivor Survivor Series thing, it makes sense. So, props to them for that again. Uh, but, you know, the good takeaway is there were a lot more people watching wrestling on Wednesday night than there has been in the last few weeks. Uh, if you want to 
go a little negative. Uh, AEW didn't jump up quite as high as you'd like it to when you saw the drop-off from uh, the previous weeks. Uh, but, you know, I think if you look at those numbers as a whole, it's kind of a wash. And, you know, again, it's a greater number overall. So, yay pro wrestling. <laughs> so let's get into this, Mike. Uh, NXT, we'll kind of do that first. NXT started uh, before uh, the 8 o'clock time slot with a, a USA intro, uh, kind of getting you ready for, hey, coming up on NXT while you're watching this weird syndicated show. I don't even know what's on before NXT. Uh, and they also put it out on our social media with the uh, Undisputed Era talking smack on Raw and SmackDown, talking about how they'll come into their house and you know, take anybody on and blah, blah, blah. And who shows up to blindside and attack them? None other than the OC, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson. Uh, awesome setup. It was an awesome setup. It was done very, very well. Uh, so right off the bat, if you're paying attention and you happen to be watching that show and curious about what pro wrestling is on, you're, you're intrigued. Uh, if you see the social media and you're in tune to that and you weren't going to watch NXT, now you're like, well, man, maybe I should check out NXT because it looks like for the first time we're going to see AJ Styles in an NXT ring. And, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's what happened? That's what happened, my friend. Well, that is fucking sweet. So it started off, the show itself started off hot. Uh, no... No ring music, no entrance music. You have Morrow talking to the screen, and all of a sudden you hear the crowd just start booing and walking through the audience. Very, very reminiscent of a uh, NWO-style thing. You have the OC just walking through the crowd, coming into the ringside area. Uh, Gallows grabs a timekeeper, whoever's at the side of the ring, just beats the snot out of him. They get in the ring and start talking smack on NXT. Ah, pretty damn awesome. Champa comes out with Riddle and Keith Lee and challenges them to step up to the plate. So you got your main event for the night. The OC versus Champa, Riddle, and Lee. And I mean, right off the bat, I'm like, yep, this does it for me. Yeah, that's a hell of a lineup. Damn, I gotta watch yeah. the show tomorrow. I, I'm telling you, man. You're, now, now, that being said, Mike, I'm going to shock you with this statement. I don't think you're expecting this. I know that you didn't make it all the way through NXT. I didn't make it all the way through Dynamite. But I think I got the most important parts, and I'm going to explain the most important parts to you. This is not the most important part, but I'm going to shock you. Are you ready for this, Mike? Yeah. Worst woman's match of the week belongs to NXT. Really? Now I'm going to counter that with they also get the award for probably the best women's match of the week. That being said, woo! Uh, yeah, wait till you see this one. Santana Garrett took on oh, I can't think of her name. It's that Brazilian blonde girl. Uh, Conti, I think is her name. Okay. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Bro. You want to talk about being blown up right off the bat and then just going through the motions? This is an example of that. And I, when I say going through the motions, I mean, like, we're just going to pretend 
like we're trying out these moves in a PC and nobody's right, watching. Right, like us. this had no business being on TV bad like that. It's it's pretty bad. Like it's hard for me to admit, believe me, but there's no getting around it. Worst women's match of the week. I don't know what happened. Uh, I've seen both of these women have, you know, fairly decent to good matches. So I don't know if it was uh, for Garrett, the pressure of her first time being on, like, the major TV show. Uh, I, I don't know. But it was fucking bad. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, you know, normally I skip things that you'd say are bad, but if it's this bad, like you're saying it's this bad, I have to watch it. Just like, oh, no, you you to have to watch it. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's yeah, like, totally. oh, it's like, uh, like that. It's like so bad, like you have to watch to see how bad this is. Yeah, I can do that. Let, okay. let me, let me explain it to you this way. It was immediately a gif. Oh, wow. Will I There's know spot. the part there, where the oh, gif yeah. is from? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, you will. So, uh, beyond that, the rest of the show was pretty amazing. Uh, Good matches, good action. What was the best women's match of the week that you were talking about earlier? Uh, Shayna Baszler, Tegan Knox. Yeah, that sounds bad. I don't even think I have to explain it. Yeah, I don't have to explain it. Um, Tegan Knox, super underrated. Yeah, ends in a a smudge with... uh, the, the, the War Games team kind of uh, assembling, which led to Mia Yim coming out with a kendo stick and evening the odds, and then getting the pick over Tegan Knox to join uh, Rhea Ripley's team. Uh, Ripley told me, uh, I'm sorry, uh, led to Mia Yim getting the pick over Dakota Kai. Uh, it was Dakota, what did I say? It was Dakota Kai versus Shayna Baszler. Did I say that wrong? Yeah, you said it was... Uh, okay, months. sorry. I, I hate to say it. They, they're both so similar. Uh, yeah, sorry. Dakota Kai versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, it, which leads to Team Ripley picking Mia Yim to fill out their uh, fourth member instead of Dakota Kai. And Ripley telling Dakota, you didn't make the cut. Her walking off dejected. So even in this build, they are telling stories on the, you know, peripheral. Who uh, are, who are, job. who's the fourth for Baszler's team? Or are they, they just doing three? Yet. Are they just, oh, they, okay. No, it's four, and it's not the horsewoman at all. So it's Baszler, Bianca Belair, and Io Shirai, and oh, three right now. well that's shocking. Yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's a little weird, but at the same time you think, well. Makes sense. Man, you know, Jessamyn Duke is not ready for stuff like that. Well, and also, this is because they all want that women's title, and clearly her teammates, like her stable, do not want to challenge right. her. So it does make more sense logically. Um, I don't know who that fourth person is. I don't know if it's going to be like a... It's going to be a main roster like person. A, I'm wondering, or if it's going to be like a shock and awe thing. Like, I, I don't know. It'll be It'll be something. Can you imagine if it was Rousey? It's not going to be. But could you imagine? <laughs> mm, that'd be insane. She'll be on SmackDown. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, NXT overall, man. And I'll just kind of fast forward through the rest of it. Like I said, Damian Priest, uh, Pete Dunne opened the show with a match. Uh, man, I could watch these two fight a lot. Uh, and with the, They did a similar ending of the first match, this time... 
the ref got distracted and Dunn gave the low blow, which kind of evened the odds, I guess. So we're definitely going to a rubber match here. Um, and another standout for the night for me, Mike, was uh, Do- Dominic Dijakovic and Swerve. I don't know how you feel. We haven't had a discussion on here about Swerve, but, man, this guy is flipping impressive. Uh, I Same thing with Dijakovic, but, man, these two, again, had a, a long, good TV match, and it was entertaining as all hell. Main event, we already discussed, and the end of the main event, I think you would really, really enjoy because we have AJ Styles in the ring. Uh, I'm going to probably paint a little bit of a foggy picture, but Balor comes out, attacks Chompa. Attacks Chompa? I think he attacks Chompa. Uh, AJ kind of looks at him, gives him the uh, the too sweet, and Balor gives the finger guns. And then Adam Cole sneaks in the back and lays out uh, AJ Styles. Uh, it, it was a it was a solid solid ending, dude. And then they kind of glare at each other. So we we get this really cool ending when you think about it, involving you know uh, the Bullet Club. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, basically, and like the good Bullet Club, not the elite. Not taking away from the elite. I just they were the elite. I don't like calling them the Bullet Club. They were the elite. I, I mean, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, so, overall, man, NXT for me this week really worked. Uh, minus that one women's match, it was uh, a pretty perfect show. Uh, the ratings were good, which is awesome. We talked at the beginning. And I really think they did a lot uh, with this episode to probably keep some of that intrigue, especially with the Survivor Series build, to just see what happens. Now, I know... The, the rosters are in England this week uh, for Raw and SmackDown, so I'm not sure. I'd be interested to see if they use NXT UK to their advantage over there because of that. Uh, you know, they could definitely have a little bit of an invasion on that side of it. Just, you know, instead of sending all, over all of their roster from NXT, they could use some UK guys as well. You know, there's Walter and Imperium, so that could be interesting. So I guess we'll see. Um, and then it makes you wonder, too, if if the guys uh, from SmackDown and Raw will make it back in time to make their presence felt on Wednesday and Full Sail again. I mean, I think they definitely could. Uh, it's not nearly the travel the travel uh, travel time that they have in Sa- with Saudi Arabia. A little bit less of a flight. And hopefully won't have the same damn problems that they had with the... Uh, airplane mechanical issues if you will uh that happened in saudi arabia so i mean it's definitely a possibility to continue this for every show leading up to the go homes and i'm all for that if they keep doing it and doing it right yeah that's i'm all for it as well um i it, they're doing things right right now yeah I'm, yeah and it's I have no complaints about how things have proceeded over the last week. Nope, it's been... Right on. It's starting, like, oddly enough, starting with Crown Jewel, it's been pretty solid. Um, So let's go into it, man. Let's go into Dynamite. Uh, Now, 
now, to be transparent, I've watched a lot of it, but not all of it. Uh, it's been a horrendous work week for me, and I'm not going to lie, I could not keep my eyes open for it. Basically where I was but, at with NXT. <laughs> but I did, in my opinion, probably see the most important stuff. Uh, Cody's promo, for me, was fire. Now, I heard people talking about how great it was, and it was the greatest promo ever promoted in pro wrestling, so I thought, well, I'll be the judge of that. And, I mean, I'm not going to agree that it's one of the greatest promos in wrestling history, but, damn, was it one of the best ones I've seen in a long, long time. It was an excellent promo on Cody's part. Um, Just the overall motion. See, this is something that I think WWE is lacking. I 100% agree. I already know where you're going with this. Way too boxed in, and they're not allowing a person to come out and be themselves and experience real emotion in the ring. And and honest to God, that's why Seth Rollins ain't clicking right now. Yep. That yep. right no, there I, is I'm, why. I'm with you. That right there is why. If you let Seth Rollins come out and talk like Cody talked, and you let him do this two, three times over the course of like three months, everybody'd love him again. Like it was like yep. the summer of 2019. Um, I should actually say summer 2018. Uh, it was emotionally intense. The callbacks to his dad. Mentioning his brother, even like as one of kind of like the elite, uh, I liked just the whole thing. It was excellent. What were your thoughts on it? Because I know that you're uh, more of a harsh critic of AEW. Uh, well, so have you like well, so highly of something? I'm gonna give you one better, Mike. I've been very vocal on the show to say that I really enjoyed Cody Rhodes in WWE. Outside WWE, I really enjoyed him in New Japan, Ring of Honor. Uh, I was a flipping Stardust fan, man, because I just liked his work. And this AEW stuff and his his presence, his character, his attitude really turned me against him. And I'm going to I'm gonna go, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say he won me back, but man, as of right now, I like Cody Rhodes again. Now that could all cha- that could all change really quick. But what the point? Let me pause on a, a hypothesis here as to why you probably uh-huh. enjoyed it so much. He didn't really mention WWE or bash them. Well, he didn't sound like a pompous ass. He sounded, and that's been my problem. He has sounded like a, a, a stuck-up, arrogant, pompous ass, and not in the good like wrestling heel way. Because he's supposed to be a babyface. And he didn't have that with this. He had, you know, uh, an emotional, like, as you said, he had an emotional promo talking about how much this means to him. Um, I loved it, man. I absolutely loved it. And, like I said, it turned me around, at least for the time being, on Cody. Now, I will say this. I, I think it's weird that we're doing this whole, well, this will be the only time I ever challenge for this title, because 
They just keep throwing these stipulations yeah, on this okay. match, and I don't think they need to do that. I felt the same way. I felt the same way. Also, I feel two ways about it. One, uh, so Jericho loses the title too soon. It has to, right? Too soon. Has to. Or two, they got to pull some wrestling bullshit out of the hat down the road. Because I don't Which ever is exactly what they don't want to do. Never win this title. So. Hey, all I know is if he loses and then next week he comes out and challenges him at Stardust, I'm all for it. Fair. Okay. <laughs> I actually agree with that 100%. There's your pro wrestling That's bullshit, Mike. Kind of like a fantastic idea to be honest. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I, I just, you know, we've got this additional, we already had the addition, I should say, of the 60-minute uh, time time limit uh, with the three judges, just in case. Like, just in case. Like, these guys haven't fought in AEW. They've never shown a reason that they're actually going to go 60 minutes. But let's put a 60-minute time limit with the three judging judges scoring the bout, just in case. And now, another stipulation of, well, if Cody loses, he'll never fight for this championship again, ever, which is, is, because he's had so many opportunities at it already. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Adding stipulations. Early for this. Adding stipulations just to add stipulations doesn't work for me. Like, I would much rather, like, if you want to add that stipulation, like, the first one, the 60 minute one. If they had this match and they went to a 60-minute draw, yeah, it would probably piss a lot of people off. But at least, you know, at least it would make sense that the next time they said, all right, we've got to put three judges in here. You know what I mean? Or, as I've stated before, if this is just going to be like the, the standard for heavyweight title matches, okay, but explain that. And they haven't done that yet either. So it's just something they threw on this match. And... I think you would need some stipulations. Like, as much as people hated, and I mean loathe, the Hell in a Cell finish, okay? At least now we have a, a reason for when they fight at Crown Jewel, when the Fiend and Seth Rollins fight at Crown Jewel, the stipulation is a false count anywhere, and the match cannot be stopped for any reason. We have that stipulation because of the finish of Hell in a Cell. We have this stipulation with Cody and Jericho, ah, just because. It's basically it, too. There's no reason for it. It's just, oh, I said I never would be the guy in charge who got title shots, so I won't be. This is it. Like, what the fuck? Come on, man. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's weird for me. But, I mean, I'm still curious. I just think... <sighs> Unfortunately, no matter the outcome of this match, they booked themselves in a corner with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Maybe they could surprise us and do something no one's even thinking of with this. Mike, I do want to ask you, how did you uh, enjoy the ending of that uh, Hawk and Trent match? (laughs) Which part of it? Well, the false one that was supposed to be the real one, and then, yeah. and then the, um, the one that actually took place. Boy, you want to talk about a botch. Yeah, that was sloppy. Especially, be, um, it was disappointing, too, because, uh, 
it was um it was a nice match for Trent as like a singles wrestler. I think he got way too much offense in on Pac. Way too yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that 100%. He got way too much offense in on Pac, but it was a good match. Um dude, I think I'm st- I, I I think I get the Orange Cassidy thing now. Oh, I don't. I don't at all. Like, I mean, like, let me rephrase like, that. I, like I get it now. And I know I don't just get it. Like I like totally get it. And I think I love it. I I'm the ex- I don't want to say that I don't get it. I don't love it. I don't hate it because it has its humorous parts. Does that make sense? Yeah. But. I mean, I don't want to see this guy challenged for like, even like a mid-card title. Should they eventually get one? You know what I mean? But like, I'm I'm A-okay with what this dude does right now. But my question for you is, what do they do with this? And how, what's the... What's the shelf life of this? I don't, I don't know, and I don't really care. I just know that right now, I enjoy the fuck out of it. It is, it is like, holy shit, I can't believe it took this long for this shit to click with me. Like, like I love every well, bit of it. It hasn't clicked for me yet. I mean, I just like, damn it, Mike. I don't want to sound like the old fogey on the wrestling porch, you know what I mean? But it's just like, it, for me, it's... Like, I mean, it's right. It's it's actually worse, in a sense, than like a Santino Morello. Like, I know that there's places for comedy characters in pro wrestling, and I totally get it. But like, I, I, it just does not click with me, dude. It's um, the whole attitude, I, the way he carries himself. Like, like everything about it is hilarious to me. I, I just it, it's it's not clicking for me, Mike. I. I I understand why it clicks for some people. It's just not for me. Is that fair? Yeah, say? no, I get it. I get it. However, however, I do really enjoy when people kick him in the head. So, I mean, there is that. Well, he's good at taking a headshot. So yeah. what, what else yeah, yeah, did, yeah. did you see? And then I'll fill in, um, like, like, whatever spots we might have missed. Well, uh, like I said, I think I saw the most important things. Uh, again, man, this is a weird thing for me to walk this line, because while I enjoyed it again, man, you know, this Chris Jericho uh, vignette that was a mocking the Cody vignette from earlier that a couple weeks was ago. hilarious. Hilarious! And on one hand, I'm like, this is some of the best comedy I've seen, like, on pro wrestling in a long time. And then I'm like, but wait a minute, why, why, why is this sports-like, you know, presentation have so much damn comedy in it this week? So I'm torn, but the, the bottom line is, I thought it was fantastic, I loved it, but right from the beginning where he's losing focus while uh, Guevara's talking about bubbly to him, and he stands up and kisses him on the head and walks away. I was hooked right oh, there. Oh, dude, that uh, part was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I mean, but then it makes you think, like, are they just trying to set up, like, I mean, clearly Jericho isn't taking Cody seriously. Uh, is that what we're doing here so that it makes Jericho look less, I don't want to say bad, but 
So if Cody wins, does it take a little bit of the heat off Jericho because he just wasn't taking Cody seriously? And had he taken Cody seriously, maybe we'd have a different outcome. I don't know. I love the package. I just wonder about... I just, I really have questions about this match, man. I... Because the answer is Jericho should not lose this title yet. That's 100% the answer. 100% and I don't know that that's what's going to happen. Exactly because of this new stipulation. But maybe that's why this new stipulation's in place, and they're just worried about figuring it out later on. Like, when really does Cody need to challenge for a title again? Yeah. Yeah, I, but I mean, eventually, even if he doesn't win, he eventually probably should get a chance. He should one hundred percent be the champion of this company if he's, at some point. If he's got if he's got ten to fifteen years left on his in ring career, uh, I mean, and he's going to be in AEW forever, then he probably should challenge at least one more time. <laughs> yes, he should definitely be the champion of this company at least once. But uh, you know, maybe this is just a way to throw us off the scent. Yeah, I don't know, man. A red herring, uh, if you will. Yeah, it could be. I did watch, uh, I did make it to some of the women's tag, and that's about where I passed out, my friend. Okay, so, so. Let, let me fill you in on some things. Uh, so first of all, this show, again, way too many fucking tag matches. Okay. Um, I, I think for... Can I, can I say something? Yeah. I... I agree with you that, like, every show is just loaded with tag matches, and I know that, like, the Young Bucks are tag team specialists, that's what they do, they want to elevate, but, like, a lot of these are not even, they're just throwing together tag, tag teams. matches. Not even tag teams, and then, so, and then one of your uh, only two singles matches has a tag team guy in it. Could you imagine, like, again, this goes to the hypocrisy I always preach, could you imagine if the two-hour SmackDown show was... Four tag matches and one single match that was a tag person in it. Yeah, people free. That's, you're yeah. right. You're right on yeah. this one. Yep. I'm not going to argue this yep. one. <laughs> I, okay, go ahead. And I, well, and I just think it's an easy way out of their whole, like, wins and losses matter. Well, uh, wins and losses don't fucking really matter if your tag record... <clears throat> like, do you think it really matters... If Sammy Guevara's trash, or like, like tag win loss record is trash, like does it fucking matter for singles? Because have you noticed when they come out, they have a singles win loss record and a tag win loss record, or an overall, which is, it's they have three different records and it gets super. Confusing. There is an overall, right? They have it, but like, and they have a trios record. But like, yeah, but like, so like those records, I think only play. Like, I don't think your overall matters. I think it's within, like, the division. What you're going for. Yes. Yeah, I would assume so, too. So, like, it doesn't fucking matter if your single stars are taking losses in tag matches. And then you... But it's, like, getting to the point where it's, like, uh, Kenny Omega. 0-2 in singles. Uh, 4-2 in tag. Well, what the fuck? Like, that's ridiculous, man. Come on. So, that shit is getting tiresome um, for me. Because I do, I feel like these tag matches are uh, an easy way to move story forward and not have to have people take losses. Um, now, yep. with that said, 
I found a lot of these tag matches to be enjoyable tonight. Um, the women's match, while not the worst women's match of the week, was, all, uh, again, not a great women's match. However, um, Rio's still trash. Uh, Jamie Hayter, uh, she was, uh, you know, eh. Uh, and Emmy Sakura is... This is who, this is like, th this is your number one contender, Emmy fucking Sakura. <laughs> like, this is your number one contender. Really? Huh? Really? <laughs> really? Okay. But anyway, that brings me to the fourth competitor of this match, Shanna. Who, um, I, I wasn't, you know, uh, on last week, because I was asleep in my car. But, <laughs> as we discussed at the beginning of the show, it, uh, I, one of my talking points that I had for Dynamite that week was Shanna. I think that Shanna has the potential to be the homegrown female star that they, that we personally have been talking about they need. Um, now I know that you said earlier when I, I, we discussed this, that you said that you uh, weren't impressed, but I was not impressed last week. No, not at all. But I think I know why you're not impressed. Um, it wasn't her big spots. It was the in between shit, right? And her selling, yes. Yes. Okay. So she's, she's a little bit over exaggerated for me. So that's all shit that can get polished, right? Her mm -hmm. big moves and big yeah, spots totally. and her athleticism, she hits all that. It's the little nuanced stuff that a new wrestler hasn't learned to do yet. And that an indie wrestler doesn't get exactly, to deal with exactly. on, a on a television level. Exactly. Yep. No, I, I thought about it more after we talked last night, and I was like, you know, I totally, while I'm not impressed with her, I totally see what Mike's saying, if that makes sense. Like, it, it made sense to me. I was like, okay, I can see where he's coming from with this. And, you know, I, I, I can at least think, yeah, maybe they are going to be able to do something with this chick. Well, the most important thing, the crowd ate her shit up. Yeah, yep. Ate her shit up. So I thought that was um, that was a highlight. Um, just a quick talk point here. I don't have much to say about this. Sean Spears, look, man, you're either doing the, you're either, like, uh, the perfect 10, or you're not, man. Like, you either hate WWE, uh, for giving you this stupid fucking gimmick, or, like, you appreciate them for giving you this stupid 10 count that you still use, you still have 10 printed on things. What the shit, man, you confuse me. That's all I have to say about that. Um, wait, 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 he still has it printed on stuff? Bro, I'm gonna send you a picture right now right now okay and <laughs> and he's like wrestling this fucking jobber and he uh he ducks a punch you know and did the 10 in the face no he didn't he fucking i guess he did did the 10 in, and said 10 did he beat the jobber oh yeah he beat his ass <laughs> yeah he beat the shit out of the dude he did um it was like not a great. It was like the worst match of the night, probably. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, um, oh, Brandy Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes video, uh, hyping up, uh, her relationship with Awesome Kong. You know, she's clearly gonna be Awesome Kong's manager. This shit, uh, was amazing. She, Brandy is improving leaps and bounds, uh, every day, uh, what she does. Uh, um, if she could just stay off of Twitter. If she, I, <laughs> hey man, I don't fuck around on Twitter much, as you know. So, I don't really have any issues uh, with that. Um, it's really weird to see a chief branding officer, like, taking shots at fans for critiquing her. Yeah, or making, I saw I did Making comments. Like, she, somebody, now granted, don't get me wrong, the comment that the person made was out of line, uh, said something about, like, she posted a picture and the person said, like, you got way too much makeup on, you're maybe a 4 out of a 10, which, like, for some internet wrestling nerd to Whoa. say that to someone, to anyone, and Brandy's a, a beautiful woman, uh, it's, it's pretty Dude, gross, she's like but a fucking dime piece, like, she's, she's but like, it's like, yeah, but it's almost grosser to see someone who's a chief brand officer to reply by saying something like, you'd step on your mom's neck to grab one of my tissues, like, come on. Like, you can, you, there's, you can either not respond, or, or, you can say something a little bit, I don't know, I don't know how to phrase this. You could, you could come up with something clever that's not insulting to a, a wide audience to not make yourself look like just as much of a piece of shit as the person who said it, but, you know, what do I know? Yeah, she, uh, well, she also is real quick to use her army of followers to just, like... Yeah, like, could you imagine Stephanie McMahon saying that to someone? Oh, yeah, it'd be the worst thing ever. Lights out, game over, you know what I mean? Like, have this person canceled from our culture type stuff, but, you know, anyway. But anyway, I digress. The, I don't, the video I don't understand, was awesome. so... So is that what they're going with? She's going to be managing off It seems that way. Is that what this is? It seems that way. During the video package, she said, with her body and my brain. Okay. Because I'm... I'm confused. I was confused by the first one. Uh, I hope that she rides around on Awesome Kong's back like Master Blaster from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. (laughs) Doesn't uh, Jurassic Express already do that? Yeah, man, but, like, I wanted them to call themselves Master Blaster and dress like they're in, like, an apocalyptic wasteland where water is, like, money and life. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, the main event (laughs) was Hagman Page and Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Okay. Also, totally get the Sammy Guevara thing. It dawned on me, uh, this last week? This week? Uh, it was like a combination of both weeks. Sammy Guevara is like the first shit I loved in wrestling. Like, the first shit I loved in wrestling was Mr. Perfect. Right? Okay. Like, like, and then, like, heel Shawn Michaels. And, like, okay. buff Bagwell. Like, Sammy Guevara is like a real shitty fucking arrogant heel. And it's like, why don't yes. I like this dude? Yes, he is. And then I was like, Oh, there's no reason you don't like this dude other than because you're not supposed to like this dude, and you kind of have these like, uh, sometimes you look for reasons with this AEW shit. So, um, 
uh, I I took a step away from it and evaluated it. And no, man, I'm down with this Sammy Guevara. Like, let's do this, dude. Like, you quit wearing the bear head. That's dope. Um, I didn't like that thing at all. And now that you don't wear that, uh, and you come out and, like, cocky as fuck, yeah. I'm down for Sammy Guevara. I get it. You know, okay. I was I was going to actually, that was going to be something we were going to talk about last week. Because uh, I kind of started to turn that same corner. I, I will say, dude needs to keep his tongue in his fucking head more. Because that is annoying as shit. Yeah, I think and that's, that's not that's like, like. That's like, I think that's part of it, man. <laughs> I, it might be, man. But, like, I'm just like, dude, like, stop with the tongue. But. Everything else, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've turned that corner too, uh, and I get it. And yeah, I'm I'm down with it. This was a very, very good tag team match, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. like, very, very. I recommend watching this if you get a chance. Uh, so it, uh, it and the show ended. I guess how this show ended, Mike. I bet you will uh, never guess how this show ended. The match, okay, Jericho and Guevara won the match. Like, I like to say that. Okay. Um, so there was a finish. There was a finish. The Jericho hit the um, the Judas effect on um, Hangman and got the pin. So there was a finish. But how do you think the show itself ended? Uh, with the inner circle beating everybody down, the lights go out, Cody comes in, and, you know. Nah, man, lights didn't even go out. It ended in a fucking brawl, like it always does. Uh, so the inner circle starts working over Omega and Paige, Cody comes in for the save. Um, what happened? Hold on, let me try to remember. Oh, Jake Hagar comes out, and, and then Cody comes, and then, um... Moxley? No, MJF comes out to help Cody. Then Moxley comes out, and Omega chases Moxley off. Then Santana and Ortiz attack the Young Bucks. And then uh, Nick Jackson jumped off the stage and took out, like, the crowd. Oh, was, I, I did see that. It yeah, was, I did see that. It was bedlam and insanity. But it's like, it's like. Well, that's how they end their shows. Every right? week, man. Every <laughs> week. Even the NWO and WCW took a week off from beating the shit out of each other at the end of the show. Also, hold on real fast. Holy shit, how great was Virgil? <laughs> I thought that too. I was like, oh my god, Virgil. Getting that fuck money. Google it. Yeah. I will say, like, as much as it was good and funny and, you know, this is one of the things that they rely on. And, like, right now, like, that's cool. Uh, They can't rely on, like, the internet stuff forever. You know what I mean? And I would consider Virgil... uh, you know, Mike Jones, I would consider his, his, his time, like, like his current, like wrestling status is exactly that. It's like a, a cool internet meme almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, 
I, I mean, I loved it. It was hilarious. But it's just one of those things that they rely on a lot. And, you know, eventually, that's going to get super old. Um, at least for some people. I don't know. And I think you're going to run out of them eventually, too. Like, there's certainly so many things you can do. Uh, <laughs> but if that I being ever said, the Olive, Virgil, the Olive Garden... I'm going to ask him to tell me about how he started the NWO. <laughs> The, the Olive Garden comparison uh, with breadsticks and yes. uh, I don't remember exactly what he said about Chris Jericho and it being endless, maybe his talent. I don't remember the words he put into it. But regardless, hilarious. <laughs> I enjoyed every uh, bit of it. So, so that's overall, pretty much uh, AEW in a nutshell. I thought it was a good show. I really like singles wrestling more than tag team wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really um, need some singles matches that aren't Sean Spears and Dude from the local fucking gym. By the way, I saw the picture you said. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Sean Spears is... He's Ty like, Come on, man. All, it is what when it he is. came out with... The, and here's the thing. Like, do you remember when he first like became Sean Spears? And we were like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. You're Ty yep. Dillinger. And what did we yep. do? We started calling him Sean Spears, right? And yep. now what does this yep. asshole do? Has the audacity to come out here with a fucking towel that has 10 on it doing the 10 hand signals. Like, man, oh, come here, on. Like, like, what do you want? Here's the thing. Like, and I get that he's, like, friends with Cody. It's cool that Cody gave him a job. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to be brutally honest and, and a little bit harsh here, Mike, but Ty Dillinger was with WWE before NXT, before Ty Dillinger was a thing, and he failed epically and left. And then he came back when NXT was a thing, became Ty Dillinger, I say had moderate amount of success in NXT. Anybody in could have got that arena. gimmick over to the level he got it over. Yep. Yep, and then he went to the main roster and failed miserably. And why anybody would think this guy was going to come to AEW and be a huge star is beyond me. And you and I kind of said this much, but like this right here is a perfect example. Dude had a feud with Cody Rhodes. They fucking buried him right off the bat with it. And now he's coming out still doing the damn gimmick that he did in the other company that was not over there. Like, to be fair, like, it was over at one time, but was no longer and over. Here's the thing, like, he's not dude. even really, like, doing it, man. He only did the 10 thing, like, once. It's like, it's like they're just referencing it. And that's just what doesn't make any, on it. that's what doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, it's why are you referencing it? And it's their own fault. He should have beat Cody. You fucking buried him right off the rip. We said right on this show, he has to win this match. Yeah, Mike, the reason they're referencing it is because without it, he's nothing. Without the gimmick he got from their, you know... And what the fuck are they doing with Tully Blanchard with him? It's like Tully just walks to the ring and that's it. Yeah, I don't know, man. 
Again, I, I feel know. like so Tully what? Blanchard is strictly getting paid by this company right now to ensure that his daughter signs with them with her contract is up at TNA. Yeah, I mean, Impact, maybe. whatever the they fuck got, it is now. I think they got a while for that too, so who knows where that actually ends up. Um, we didn't preview Full Gear. Uh, um, you know, it's. I'm not gonna watch it, Mike, because it it's Saturday. fifty dollars, sixty dollars. Yeah, it's Saturday. I'm uh, not gonna watch it either. And also, um, here's the thing: like, like fifty dollars aside, um, if you don't watch, okay, and by watch I mean pirate it. If you don't pirate it live, their shit is extremely hard to pirate after the fact. (laughs) And aside from, like, some choice New Japan pay-per-views and WrestleMania, I don't watch any fucking pay-per-view live. So it's, like, damn near impossible to watch shit. I mean, like, they're, like, they're, whoever is handling their pay-per-view piracy, like, they do... Like, the worst job ever during the actual broadcast, but afterwards are fucking incredible at their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I would actually say they're pretty good on both ends when it comes to the pay-per-views. Uh, but that said, yeah, I mean... Isn't it funny? Because, like, it seems that anyone can pirate the WWE stuff. It's almost like they're like, well, it's 10 bucks a month. If someone doesn't want to pay it, they don't want to pay it. 50 bucks <laughs> is fucking outrageous, man. I'm even 40 yeah. I'm buying. Like, <laughs> like, I would go to 20. 20 would be my limit. 50 is too much. Yeah, well, you got uh, three kids, man, right? Like, I got, yeah. like, you know, I got a disposable income. Well, and uh, the thing is, like, you know, the model's been set, and I know. Like, I say that, people are like, they don't have a library like that. Yeah, I know that. But I'm fucking spoiled. It's I'm not, not my fault. I'm not, I'm not saying that they have to have a network and it should be $10 a month. But, you know, 15 to 20 for a one-time purchase is way more acceptable, in my opinion, than... Then 2019 and it being a $50, $60 purchase. I feel like uh, they'd make more money. I think they would, too. you pay for it, I'd pay people... for it. Yep, yep, yep. And they have it on their own, you know, it's on BR Live, so it's their own streaming service they can show this on. You know, I mean, yeah, they can put it on pay-per-view. Like, if they were smart, they'd put it on the actual pay-per-view channel for 50 60 bucks. And then have the option of doing the, the app thing, the VR Live thing, for 15 20 bucks. And that's straight and pocket right there. Yeah, because you're still going to have people buy the uh, pay-per-view that don't know how to use the app or don't have that technology down that want it. But you're going to have more people like you or me who are smart be like, well, I'm paying 15 bucks and getting this on the app. That is 100% correct. I mean, honestly, like it's... $40 right there that they make. And I mean, sure, like, charge 50 for a normal pay-per-view. Like, I'm sure you have to cut the cable company in a large chunk of that. Bleacher Report, come on, man. Like, VR Live, they're just happy to get the fucking views. They're just yeah, happy that people all, had to create in, accounts to purchase it. Yeah, and it's all in-house, so come on, get your shit together. Alright, Mike, anything else you want to say? Uh, AEW, NXT, Survivor Series, nothing, anything? 
Um, uh, so obviously, kill fuck Mary. Uh, crap. Uh, so, this is gonna be another weird one this week. But, because they're, they're never weird any other week. Nah, they're never weird any other week. So, <laughs> this week, the theme is masked men. Boy. Okay. Kill one, you okay. gotta fuck one, you gotta marry one. The first one is the masked dude from the Dark Order. The main one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The masked dude from okay. the Dark Order. Come on, you know who I'm talking okay. about. Uh, yeah, the second yeah. one is going to be. Uh, Biano five, and the third one is going to be. I got two people in mind. I got to narrow it down right here. The third one is gonna be the shock master. You gotta kill one. You gotta fuck one. You gotta marry one. Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really. Obviously, obviously, I said. Killing the uh, Dark Order, because I don't get it. Uh, oh, I yeah. Guess. I love it. It's weird, isn't it? I like how he rubs the dudes. I like how the dudes make a chair for him, and then he rubs the one's head, and it's real weird. Like, he's obviously it's... fucking those dudes. Like, that's part of it, yeah. right? Like, that's part of the gimmick, uh, right? He's obviously fucking those dudes, and it's, like, um... it's super creepy. So you're killing him, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, effing... Uh, Beyond at five? Yeah, either one of them. Four or five, sure. And Whichever one's ma- your choice. Ma- Whichever one looks like they're a better lay, I guess. And marrying <laughs> uh, the Shockmaster, because he just looks like a lovable teddy bear. Hey, man. <laughs> uh, fucking, that dude's supposed to be the shit anyway. Like, he's supposed to be, yeah, like, yeah. the nicest fucking dude. What's his name? Roy yeah. Ott? His last name's Fred Ott. Ottman. Fred Ottman, that's it. Yeah, man, he's supposed to just be, like, like the nicest fucking dude ever, so... Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I'm taking solid choices. So you're saying... Well, here's my thinking <laughs> on this man, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not disagreeing the marrying the shock master. That's an obvious one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, look, so, right, in this hypothetical scenario, you're obviously the fucking dudes, right? So I think maybe... The one you fuck is the dude from the Dark Order, because, like, at least you get to have, like, this big, weird orgy. Um. Like, I'm just thinking about it from, like, a standpoint, like, in this scenario, you're obviously in fucking dudes, and, like, weird big dudes. Yes. So, like, like, why wouldn't you fuck that dude so you can have some, like, super weird, like, orgy? I'm just saying, like, that'd be my choice. Like, if it's like, you know, like, when are you ever going to be able to bang a bunch of dudes that will, like, turn into a chair for you to bang them upon? I mean, when you put it that way. Like, you could fuck that dude on top of those dudes while they're a chair. Be like, make a bench, I'm going to fuck this dude on you. Wow. I feel like the dude from the Dark Order fucks you, though. (laughs) And like I don't know, man. Oh boy. No, it's my fictional scenario. I'm fucking him. 
Oh, oh, bench made guys. out of those weird little dudes. Weird little. Oh, well, let's end this show week. so I can go in and masturbate now. Oh, Lord have mercy. It's been real. It's been fun. I guess we'll catch you next time. My dick's so hard right now. You guys are beautiful without me. Hashtag Jesus. Rock hard penis. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.